Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday, it's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together... We're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears. Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the full go. Love the full go. The full go. The full go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. How y'all fellas doing this evening? Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit. Let's get into it then. What, what, what episode is this? 188? 188, That comes after yeah. 187. Yeah. Shout out to everybody who's been with us through 187 of these. Welcome in to the 188th episode of this here Full Gold Podcast. I am Jason Goff, and I am surrounded by esteemed individuals, men of character and 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 prowess and, and, you know, purveyors of the craft. They are the act of Jesse Lopez, my main man, Tony Gill. Tony, you seem down. You seem down. What what possibly could get you down when it comes to Chicago sports, my friend? I, I know what it is. I know what it is. Um, Boy, has this been a 24-hour news cycle for the Chicago Bulls and their fans, right? Like, uh, Bears fans, we were sitting around laughing at, you know, immature pause jokes and things like that from the quarterback, right? You know, like we, your boy Jack Sanborn got thrown on the IR. So he's done for the season after starting six fantastic games after Roquan Smith was jettisoned to the Baltimore Ravens. I was looking at Jack's numbers, like the tackles. Yeah, you know, 57 tackles in six games. Pretty damn good, but he's had like five or six tackles for loss, you know, 
two or three sacks. Like he's he's made a few impact plays. You know, he'll make the team next year. So shout out to Jack Sanborn in the year that he had as we just try to get through and drudge through this wasteland that is the end of the Bears season, trying to figure out if they're going to get the third or the fourth pick or what they're going to trade down. We are all now to bowl season and college draft scouting. That's what we're doing right now as Bears fans, and, and rightfully so, and hoping that the you know number one doesn't get hurt uh, when, when it comes to you know the rest of these games that they have to play out, all of which I expect them to lose, to be honest with you. As we get closer and closer and more guys start to get evaluated with names that you have not uh, gotten used to saying on the Bears right now, like that secondary boy, there's some names out there. Like I know Houston Carson, I know Gordon, I know Brisker, but there's a couple of Jones out there that I'm not familiar with. Shout out to Jalen Jones. I know who you are. And, you know, there's, there's some dudes out there who are vying for spots, but that's not why you call, ladies and gentlemen, nor is it. Um, the reason why you call is to talk about the Sox uh, offseason because just just when everybody's getting ready to pat him on the back for Andrew Benintendi, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Is Liam Hendricks going to the Mets? Is this a salary dump? Like, are they, are they just swapping out one salary for another and really not adding to a squad? But we will get to that because I'm going to tell you now, if you are not a fan of mess, gossip, NBA basketball, the Bulls, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, Billy Donovan, myself, or Tony Gill or Jesse Lopez. This might not be the pod for you, but you are already two or three minutes in, so you might as well hang out. Yo, you know it's Yaha time when we start talking about fights in locker rooms in this city. And it's been a long and storied tradition of reported fights or reported fracases or scuffles in locker rooms. And I, you know, I'm always freaked out by it. I got to be honest with you, right? Because when I think of locker rooms, I never think of being in the prime position to fight, right? Like the, the most susceptible any man is, is in inside the shower, coming out of the shower, or going into the shower. Like, fellas, you know, you can giggle to yourself right now all you want while you're driving your kids to school. You're riding right now and your lady's next to you, your significant other is next to you, and you're trying to butch up right now and be as manly as you can. But you know, like I know, there is no more vulnerable a position a man could be in than going to being in or coming out of the shower. Like, I always think of, and this is my horrible, horrible mind at work sometimes, but I think of every time I get in the shower, hey, man, get in there and get your business done because if an intruder comes in this house, you are assed out literally, right? You're slipping and sliding. It's a mess, right? They got a weapon. They, they got catch them off guard, on. How you going to catch them off guard when you were in the shower? A running, confident, naked man? <laughs> that wouldn't shock you? I would definitely do a double take. Wait, wait, wait. I came in the rob so Is this man coming at me full confident? Yeah. And, and full co- yeah, and full confident is the is the the key words in there too, right? Does this know, man have an erection? Right, I'm about to say <laughs> some of us react differently in the shower than others. You know, I've always I've always bristled at the I got in the pool. That's the excuse for what's going on there. No, no, no. I get in the pool and everything numbs up. So I'm with you on that one. I, I feel you. Yeah. Running butt naked towards an intruder is is definitely a scary thing for both parties involved. But man, when I, and and mind you, this is the same city. I will never forget when the rumors or reports came out that there was a a difference of opinions in the Bears locker room when Jake Cutler and Brian Urlacher were 
uh, Chicago Bears. And, you know, during that whole, is it the offense's team now? Is it the quarterback's team? Or is it still Brian Urlacher's team? And there were people who went as far as to say, and it all got debunked, but there were people who went as far to say as there was a fight in the showers between Jay Cutler and Brian Urlacher. And all I could think is, Gross and like, like figure that shit out after we get dressed, fam. Yeah, what are y'all? Right, what are we doing? Like, yeah, can I rinse off? Like, am I lathered up while you coming at me? Like, what's what's happening here? Like, is anything that important for you to get your hands on another naked man and and tell him what you've been thinking this entire time? Right, old school wrestling, Roman. Yeah, man, I'm I'm cool. I'm cool. Then next thing you know, you got Nasty Nate and the Squirrel Master from Half Baked going at it over. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, what so, about that time when Meta tried to win with went to Kobe in the showers and like recruited yeah. himself to the Lakers too? Hey, listen, there are there are a few stories about my man Meta in terms of oh, that's uh, one of many, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there was there was also a Mike Singletary type incident that people legend has it right. Nobody's ever really fleshed it out. And, and you hear what happened probably, with Renan Davis? I did. I know about the Vernon Davis story. Yeah, man. Like, there are some people who are are more powerful when they're naked. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there's some people who who understand <laughs> that this is the you know this is that's you know how you know how spread offenses kind of evened out the playing field for the talented teams and the not talented teams. Damn, there's so many awful analogies here and so <laughs> much imagery that I'm working with that I don't know where to go next. But yeah, that's what happened. Spread offenses came into college football and they're like, hey, we could we could kind of nullify those four or five five-star players because we could spread it out, right? Same thing that applies in a naked locker room fight, right? It's like, hey, man, you might be stronger and taller than me or you might have more, you know, you might have more standing in this locker room, but I'm naked. <laughs> and if you want to handle this, then we, like, that's the thing, too. You got to, you can't underestimate another person's crazy, right? Like, if I'm sitting here and I got issues with you, and you're like, no, nah, we could just handle this now. I'm like, no, nah, can we schedule this, you know, like 20 minutes from now? <laughs> like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you still got shampoo on your head. You know what I'm saying? Like, can we can we figure this out afterwards? But all jokes aside, you guys know what happened. The reports that circled after, uh, well, shortly before the Miami game today, and as we're recording here on Tuesday night, the reports that circled from Sham Sharania. Uh, from Joe Cowley, who's a friend of the show, Casey Johnson, all corroborated that during halftime of the Minnesota Timberwolves-Bulls debacle where they gave up 150 points in regulation to the Timberwolves without Rudy Gobert, without Carl Anthony Towns, during halftime, apparently, there was some umbrage. People took uh, exception to the fact that and there's, there's different swirling reports out there. There's some saying that there was a DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine incident. There's some saying that, you know, people started to jump down bad with Zach Levine because, you know, seemingly he's not caring enough or on defense and some of the rotations. Guys aired it out. And apparently there was other reports that they aired it out after the game as well. So coming into tonight's game, Billy Donovan was asked about it. I think Billy Donovan is getting to the point now where um, he is not only close to calling names, but he's just flat out saying it. Hey, man, if you ain't tough enough, this is going to be your lot in life. You're going to get your ass kicked by 150 points by a Timberwolves team that shouldn't do that to you. The Bulls were 11-18 and 18 coming into this game against Miami. And all I can think of is, what will a win do? Right? What will a win do? 
we've seen them start start games like like a you know a bat out of hell after having to emphasize something the night before the game before whether it be defense whether it be defensive coverages whether it be sharing the basketball or just being tougher than the other squad the multiple efforts that Billy Donovan talked about in the pregame of tonight's Miami Heat game like all these things have been on full display so while I'm cool with the Bulls getting a win because we'd be trashing them if they didn't get a win at the same time you know you are what you are these stripes are are here and and for 30 games into an NBA season with not much help on the way, there's other things that are bubbling up now that aren't the basketball, right? Like we we talked about this schedule, you know, after the back-to-backs and everything that, that Zach Levine had to go through early on in the season with the way the NBA schedule makers laid it out for the Bulls. This was supposed to be the part now where this 30-day stretch where you're supposed to get good. And all the Bulls have done is falter time after time after time. They've only won two games in a row, I believe, twice this year. Like, we're 30 games into a season, right? They haven't been on a real winning streak yet. So coming into this Miami game, I expected them to be full, full gun, all guns blazing, right? Like, Jimmy Butler is not on the court, right? We saw Luka Doncic not be on the court and then, then put up 144 points. So no matter who's out there, I thought the Bulls were going to show and prove. And what did they do? They did the most baffling, not even baffling, but I think the most disrespectful thing they can continue to do, which is show they know what the hell the coaching staff and the fan base is talking about, emphasize it, do it, win a game doing it, and then go back to their normal ways. And they tried to during the Miami Heat game. They got off to a 31-21 start. They gave the ball to Vooch time after time again to start this thing. Plus, now it has me thinking, like, all right, what was the real? Like, who who went after who? Like, did Vooch say, hey, Zach, you got to give me the damn ball. Somebody got to give me the ball or else I'm going to put these big old hands on somebody. Or was it DeMar and Zach, the, the fallout, the, you know, like, we all, we all have been monitoring for the last year and a half that relationship, especially because Zach has been here through some losing, right? And he's been a part of some losing. He's, he's, He's overcame losing. He's overcome, you know, a coaching change, um, a, a nucleus that he was a part of being moved out in, in Wendell Carter Jr. and Lowry Markin. So he's seen some things since he's been here, fresh off of a knee surgery when the trade was made. And, uh, you know, back, you know, was it five years ago now? I mean, Zach has seen some things. So when DeMar DeRozan shows up on your shores, and all of a sudden, he's out here putting up 27, 28 a game, chatting MVP for him, getting back-to-back game winners, you know, around New Year's Eve. We all kind of monitored, like, all right, it's smooth now. But when, when shit starts to hit the fan, how comfortable will the participating parties be in all this uh, demarness? And if that was, was what's going on, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, this is the thing, too. I, I have made as many calls and sent as many text messages as I possibly can. And I've gotten different versions of what people think is happening behind the scenes. And all of them, I believe, because all of them might be true. Like, I've talked to people who have said that the Andre Drummond thing is a bigger thing than people would like to give it credit for, because if y'all have noticed, Andre Drummond has not played in the last two games. He played in the Miami game because Derrick Jones Jr. sprained his ankle. Right. And and a team that we saw play a lot of small ball four and five last year because that's all they had 
they went out and signed a big man who, you know, a lot of people believe is one of the better backup bigs in the game. He's still only 29 years old. First few weeks of the season, he comes out like gangbusters. Last few games, we haven't seen him. So when you're trying out new rotations and there might be splits in the locker room and guys aren't playing the deep, well, the defense is sliding. Like, it has been sliding progressively throughout the last two weeks or so and finally hit rock bottom over the last few days. When all this is happening and you're losing games, there's a lot of leaks in this boat. So they plugged up one hole. They, they beat the Miami Heat fresh, of, fresh off all the turmoil and all the reports that are surrounding this squad. But yet and still, it don't mean nothing if you don't play the basketball you're supposed to play. And that's the problem I think that most Bulls fans are having right now is you know the formula now. Yeah, until Zach gets healthy or whatever this new version of Zach is going to be in the first year of a long max contract, until he gets healthy, get a ball to the big man, play inside out. Y'all have to play old school basketball because you're not built like a new wave team. They're not. You know, you, you watch the Miami Heat tonight. Max Strews put Duncan Robinson on the bench. Ninety All $90 million of his jump shooting, he put it on the bench because he now is their go-to jump shooter who can also play a little bit of defense and is strong at the point of attack on, on the coverages that they need on the perimeter. With this Bulls team, you know, the, the Heat got three or four guys that would all be the best shooter on this Bulls team. So they're not built like a new wave, futuristic type of squad that we see in the NBA, but they still play like it for some reason. You know, they, they got the five guys on the perimeter. They, they've got, you know, the driving kick lanes going, even though they don't have a lot of guys who drive and or kick. So to see them tonight pound the basketball down low and, and know that Vooch is a willing passer. See, it's still, it's still not coming together the way it's supposed to. And one game or one win does not a season make. But there's still not guys cutting off of Vooch and cutting through the lane and, and, and replacing at the top and doing some of the smarter things that you think this team could do. And I think that's what it all comes down to, guys. We've been talking around this thing, but are the Bulls smart enough and are the Bulls tough enough? And so far this season, they have answered no to both of those questions. So when you hear about guys getting into, getting into you know, scraps or scrapes or whatever the case may be, even if hands weren't thrown, right? Because we still don't know just as of yet what exactly happened in the locker room at halftime of the Minnesota Timberwolves game. But if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, guess what? I'm happy somebody was not okay with the losing, right? Like, it, it could be a big story. You could talk about team dissension and this team splitting apart. We've been around and watching and covering locker rooms for too long. I know about successful Chicago Bulls teams who have had blow-ups and knock-down, drag-out fights that didn't get reported, right? So a team that's losing, that gets mad at each other for losing, you damn right I'm happy about it. I don't care who it is. I don't care if you make $215 million. I don't care if you just got here from the Milwaukee Bucks, or I don't care if you just got cut. I don't care if you just got called up from the G League. Whatever it is, put the best five dudes out there. And I, when I say the best five dudes, I'm talking about the dudes who want to put it in, like who want to mess around and, and actually play with some effort. Hit first. Run through screens. Screen people. Bulls played a physical brand of basketball that I don't think the Miami Heat were getting ready to 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 you know, engage with. I think the Miami Heat thought they were getting the Bulls that they saw give up 150 points to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and rightfully so. But the fact that the Bulls could flip the switch 
and listen to the formula or adhere or, or, or stick inside the lines, color inside the lines of what winning basketball has to be for this team until they can take the car out of the garage. Like right now, they still asking for the keys, man. Like you can't do all this freelance and, and you know, all the things that you want to do offensively, especially, especially if you're not covering all the details defensively. Like that's what this team is lacking. They're lacking the IQ and they're lacking the toughness. And, and dumb and, and, and not tough is not a way to go through the NBA season. Because all you'll do is look like all these other young teams and not have the excuse of being a young team on your side. This ain't a young team. And I'm glad it's now off. And by the way, I would assume we only played five minutes. Like, I don't know what's going on with the guard rotation. But, you know, Billy Donovan sends little messages, sometimes big messages, with playing time now. Like, Zach, you, we could trace this back. Zach getting benched was kind of like the, the turning point in this thing. Go back to Zach getting benched and then days afterwards still talking about getting benched and how he disagreed with it. Like, there was a distinct um, disconnect that we hadn't seen with Zach and Billy. And for that instance, for that matter, Zach and any coach since he's been a Chicago Bull. Because he, he had Jim Boylan's back when we knew that relationship wasn't uh, going to materialize to anything fruitful. So the fact that Billy Donovan has his contract extension, the fact that it gets leaked during one of the worst points in the season, during a road trip, like all these, and I told y'all right here on this pod, all of this stuff happens for a reason. You reinforce by leaking the coach's contract extension, you reinforce who's the man in that locker room. You, then, all of a sudden, your best player or what's supposed to be your best player, your highest paid player, gets benched. Then, your best player or supposedly highest paid player bristles a day after. Now, it's a standoff at the OK Corral. You got two dudes looking at each other that ain't moving, apparently, because I don't think they're going to blow up this thing, and I don't think Billy Donovan is going anywhere. So now... When you got two dudes just staring at each other like, all right, what's going to happen here? It's the Diddy meme. Who is the... Huh? The Diddy meme when he was on the, uh, the oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When Diddy's like... Yeah, just just staring at each like, other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. But the problem is, who does the, who does the losing look worse on? Right? The losing always is going to look worse on the guys out there in the uniforms. And especially the highest paid guy. Like sometimes, and I'm not saying this is happening, but sometimes... People use the spotlight and the media and the numbers, the contract of the numbers that I'm talking about this time. The spotlight, the media, and the numbers to kind of push all the evidence forward and say, all right, you judge. What's the problem here? I'm telling these guys what to do. I'm I'm telling, I'm coaching them the way they're supposed to be coached. Guys got to care, like caring about each other and effort and all that relationship stuff started to come out. And let's keep it funky. DeMar DeRozan has been heralded as a great teammate everywhere he's gone. Toronto loved him. Kyle Lowry loved him. Masai Ujiri damn near, you know, well, he ain't Masai Ujiri in the best terms, right? But Masai Ujiri said so many glowing things about him after the trade. He goes to San Antonio. Greg Popovich speaks glowingly of, of DeMar DeRozan. He comes here. DeMar DeRozan has found a home in Chicago. Everyone falls in love with him because he goes crazy in his first year, gets an all-star berth, and, and looks like one of the 10, 12 best players in the league. Same can't be said about Zach Levine. Zach Levine doesn't really have 
that reputation and, and never really has. And it's not like he has a bad reputation. He just has never had the reputation of leader, glue guy, great teammate. Not saying he's a bad teammate, right? Because, you know, you got to give a disclaimer these days. When you say one thing, it doesn't mean the antithesis. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just on the other end of the spectrum. But these things have never followed Zach around. Now, I know people who have enjoyed playing with Zach. And I know people who have talked about Zach's work ethic and how ridiculously hard he works in the offseason. But there has always been a quiet... um murmur or a quiet conversation about Zach being a Zach guy. And now, after Team USA happens, and after the All-Star birth, and after signing with Clutch, and after signing the big deal, like, all the things are put right there in place for, if that is the narrative that wants to be painted, it's, it's very easily painted, especially with the losing, and now especially with, you know, the way they've been losing. And if you're not watching this team every single night, you understand that, okay, what, what's going on? Hold on. What's going on with Zach Levine? And then you start to get the national guys who start to circle and start to ask some questions. And, and the, the greatest telltale sign of all is that you had three or four people in a 24-hour span come out with several different stories, all of whom I believe are true, right? But somebody wanted to get out that things ain't right and Zach Levine is in the center of it. So watch how the chess pieces have been moved over this last couple of weeks, man. Like, we've been talking about it on this pod. Man, that, that, that extension gets leaked. Dude get benched. Dude not happy with getting benched. Team gets blown out. Team, team gets 51 put on him by Devin Booker and three quarters a guy that Zach Levine has been compared to a lot in his NBA. Like, a lot of things have been happening here. And unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, a lot of it has been pointing back to Zach. So now what does Zach do? Zach goes out here against the Miami Heat. He has seven assists. He plays a level of defense that a lot of people have been asking him to play uh, at a higher level and a more consistent level. The defense that we saw against, you know, uh, against the, the rest of the world with Team USA. Problem is the Chicago Bulls have shown that they are capable. They've shown that they understand. So if you're capable and you understand, why aren't you repeating the winning formula? So then comes into play, what's getting in the way of the winning formula? Well, do you not feel comfortable with the way you're winning? Do you not feel comfortable with the way things are going because you want to be a bigger part of it? I'm not just speaking about Zach. I'm talking about everybody on the team. You know, when we hear constant talk about effort and toughness and, and basketball IQ, either you have it or you don't. And knowing that you don't have it is just as important as either having it or knowing you have it. Because if you know you don't have it, there's no room for error. There's no margin for error. If you know you're not a smart team and you know you're not a tough team, you know there are certain things that your smarts and your toughness just ain't going to bail you out of. So there's a certain style of basketball that you have to play. And that style of basketball is working through the big man. They have not earned the right to just freelance and do whatever they want to do anymore. They haven't. Let, you've earned a 12-18 and 18 record so far. So that's the basketball that you have to play going forward. To get over 500, you got to get back to it. They have dug themselves quite the hole. And for 29 points to be Nikola Vucevic's season high, I mean, Nick, he, he's still a capable big man. 
Like, we're not talking about some dude who was in year 15, year 16, and you dragging his ass up and down the court and having to, you know, make do for his inadequacies, his deficiencies. And on top of it, you see the defense that Nikola Vucevic played tonight? He was involved. He was connected, just like any big man. Big men in the NBA are like wide receivers, man. If you don't get them the touches, you don't get them the ball, they're so dependent on everybody else. That's why when the league went from, all right, you got to have a good big man, you got to have a point guard. The league went from every team having a big man damn near. League was like 15, 16 big men deep. You go back and look at some of those 60s, 70s, and 80s numbers, early 80s numbers, where you're like, damn, even the bad teams had a, a big man averaging 19 and 12 for some reason. Because that's where the game and how the game was structured. You had yourself a big man, and you had yourself a point guard to run the show, to get the ball to the big man and find open shooters, hopefully hit a couple free throws down the stretch. You ice it and you go home and win the games, right? Then... Then, you know, a young man out of, you know, North Carolina by way of Laney High School dropped out of the sky and into Chicago and changed the way teams and talent evaluators started constructing their teams. Wing players became the, the in vogue thing. So big men became wide receivers. Big men became solely dependent on everything else that was going on around them. So what happens then? You ask a big man to defend the rim. You ask a big man to communicate on defense. You ask a big man to, to offensive rebound, second chance point opportunities. Like you, you ask a big man to be down in the trenches, even though he may have the glamour skill of a wide receiver, right? So you're asking a, essentially a player to play like an offensive lineman and defensive lineman, but also be a wide receiver out there and catch touchdowns and make big plays. When you don't get the wide receiver the ball that knows that the only reason why we should be winning or I want to help win, and the only reason I, the only way I could do that is by catching the ball, it's the same thing with big men. Nikola Vucevic was locked in tonight. And you know why? Nikola Vucevic knew he was going to get the goddamn ball tonight. And he got it early on. And even in the game, there were moments where they kind of strayed from, there was a 10-minute span, game time, 10-minute span after the man scored 10 straight, well, not 10 straight points, but he had three possessions in a row where he scored. I believe he had eight or 10 in the first quarter. Then they went 10 minutes without getting the ball in the post. So even in a win, there's enough there to say, hey, man, why are you going against what's working? What's, what's happening here? Do you not like the way you're winning? Is it because you feel you have to get yours? Like all of that has to go out the window. You can get yours when you're 18 and 12, 19 and 11. You, you can't just go get yours when you're 12 and 18. And the best play isn't always ending up with a perimeter shot. It isn't always, you know, Zach or DeMar ending up with the ball in their hands. And I think tonight was uh, just another glimpse at what the Bulls could have been and should have been so far through this year and what they need to be going forward. They need to get the ball to the big man until things figure themselves out. This team gets stabilized. Zach's knee gets a little bit healthier. His confidence grows. His defensive uh, IQ steps up big time. Like tonight, he was tapped in too. Everybody was locked in tonight. And mind you, this is without Jimmy Butler being on the court. And the game is a different game if Jimmy Butler is out there. Don't get me wrong. But we've seen them play poorly against Sacramento. We've seen them play poorly against Oklahoma City. We've seen them play poorly against the San Antonio Spurs. So it ain't just about Jimmy Butler not being out there. It ain't just about Luka Doncic being out there. It's about having a goddamn identity on both ends of the court. Now, defensively, 
There's a lot of work to be done. But you know how you help your defense? You have good possessions offensively, so you're not running back. The Bulls have been caught in cross matches and poor defensive coverages because they're always running back after one shot because they're no second-chance opportunities. Hell, they had a game the other night where they had zero second-chance points. First time in team history. So the formula is the formula. We all think we know what their identity should be. You got two premier perimeter scorers and you got a big man. Play a little bit of defense and get the big man the ball, open it up for you. But if that's the formula that you don't like to win with, then you got to show me something else and it's got to show and prove. And what they have shown us is you can't win with the formula that they want to stick to. So if the Miami game was the blueprint going forward, I'll believe it when I see it because we've been here before with this team. We've been here before talking about Vooch getting the ball and how happy we all are to see it. Next thing you know, we get two games, you know, where he scores 12 points and 15 points, uh, you know, respectively, and then you lose those games. So if Billy Donovan got through, if whoever was in the naked shower fight got through, whatever happened in that halftime spat or post-game spat, more of it. Maybe we got to find somebody or, or maybe there should be a Tedekupo brother who they should just commission with, you know, starting some shit at halftime. Because when this team has an emphasis, when this team, um, when the attention is brought to this team and bad attention, that's what I'm talking about. When bad attention is, is, is shined on this team, they respond for whatever reason. Now they just got to do it for consecutive nights because they got the Atlanta Hawks coming up on Wednesday night. but. Yeah, man. Locker room fights. You know, you can decry them. You can celebrate them. Whatever you want to do. You just better get results after them. And the Bulls got some tonight. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. 
See website for details. Bulls Talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. You know, locker rooms have always been a weird place. Like, I remember going to the Y <laughs> and playing basketball and just avoiding the locker room like the plague. It would just be old men just walking around, just nuts dragging on the floor, you know, just weird sounds. And, you know, as a kid, you're like, man, is that is that going to be me when I get older? You know, it's always that a one old man walking around in the jock strap all the time. You know, like, you know, old men just, just love wearing jock straps instead of underwear. They're like, mm-hmm. hey, fam, high school football was a long time ago. You know, you don't <laughs> have to wear that no more, right? Like, you know, you're good out here. But locker rooms have always been just a mess. You know, the hockey locker rooms stink to high heaven. Mm-hmm. Basketball locker rooms, you know, all you see is like cut up tape and, you know, you smell liniment from the moment you step into the arena. Like it's, it's always been a weird place. I've, I've never understood like that being, I, mean, I guess that's their workplace, but I've never understood that being the showdown place. Like, let's at least take it to the parking lot, like gentlemen. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> don't, 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 don't fight me. You know where where there's sandwiches and Gatorades all around. You know, like <laughs> this these beautiful, beautifully carpeted uh, locker rooms, and all of a sudden you're gonna have a scrap. Like throwing hands in a goddamn locker room. What are y'all doing? And yeah. mind mind you, you know it hasn't been um, allegedly. There was a there was a little bit of a spat. And with the squad too, I don't believe nobody throwing no hands. Like who do you think the fighter Goran is in this room? Dragic. You think Try Dragic him. is the guy? Try him if you want yeah. to. Yeah. I can see he, that. He's just older. He's just older. That's it. Yeah. My you man know. is with it. War torn. The Eastern Bloc vibes. Yeah, War-torn. I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. The Eastern Bloc vibes. Yeah, yeah. I can dig it. I can dig it. He just said he's, to, old, he's older Gorn. and he got kids. But yeah. don't, poke, don't poke that bear. I know the energy hey, wasn't directed towards him. Nah. Nah. <laughs> and, you know, so, it, oh, nah. See, we got something here. <laughs> The one guy in the Bulls locker room that you don't want to try it with. You saying Goran Dragic? Goran Dragic, absolutely. Man, you know who I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with a sleeper, like a dark horse. Okay. Pat Williams. <sighs> is a, Hey, listen. That young man is six foot eight, 235 pounds, giant hands. Of and salt. He's, and he's, but he's, but he's, but no, hold on. He's quiet. He's quiet. He's got three brothers. You feel me? Like, that man's seen some things and been through some things. Like, he's the fourth pick in the NBA draft, and he still doesn't pop his shit the way he's supposed to. Like, you know, there's there's a certain level of discernment, like old man discernment that he has, and I believe is because he understands that he would hurt you if he put his hands on you. I, 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 think, I think Pat Williams might be that guy. I, you know. I'm, I haven't asked around. I haven't poked around and tried to figure out who that guy would be. But I, 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 I go with Pat. I go with you know one of those dudes who just don't know how strong he is. You know, next thing you know, he's like, "I'm sorry, I broke your face." Like he's he's helping you. You know, he put your face back together after he after he caves it in with those mammoth hands. Yeah, I, I'll go there. I'll go there. You know, and you know guys who I know like just guys who are too happy. Not too happy, but you know, just pleasant dudes like guys who, guys who, guys like Dalen Terry. Like I wouldn't put that on the young man, right? You know, Javante though, 
That was my next pick in the yeah. in the in the hands throwing Bulls draft. I'm going Horn yeah. and then Javante. Yeah, because Javante's had to make a few teams, and mm-hmm. you know he's bounced around. My thing, Jason, back. Jason, you know throughout all of this, I think, I mean, you play basketball. You know, I play basketball, and I get mm-hmm. not to the NBA level, not even right. the collegiate level. I get right. it, but there are certain things in a basketball game when you watch people play basketball, you can tell the type of person that they are. Oh, 100%. And you can tell what's going on in their lives by playing basketball with somebody. I so, think it's the greatest, I think it's the greatest teller is is jumping in the game with somebody that mm-hmm. you don't know and learning a, a, a lot of things in an yes. hour span yes. about what that person is made of and what they're going through, like you said. No, that's, that's I have, facts. I have made real decisions on people I will not hang out with this person because of the way they play basketball. A hundred percent. A thousand percent. I have made yeah. it. And it's not even how good or bad they play basketball. It's specifically just on the how. Do you do you pass? Do you help people? Do you, like, for real? Do you defend? Right. <laughs> do, you, do you defend? So when I, when I watch those guys play basketball, like, I, I don't want to fight Goran Dragic. I don't want to fight Devontae <laughs> Green. I mean, Patrick Williams might handle me, but I wouldn't be scared going into that fight. Like, <laughs> so you can tell a lot about what's hey, going on. Hey, if if P. Will is listening, uh, this is Jason Goff. I would be very scared. I, I am not. I don't. I don't have the confidence that Tony has in this moment, or, or saying, any moment after that. I Jesse Lopez yeah. either. Six eight. Yeah, yeah. Six eight is enough for me to be like, you know what? You're good. You're good. You're good. Get your shit on the record, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, feel like going into the new year, this is key that we get on the record that I want to be uh, able to two, go into Chicago one day. You know? Right, right. <laughs> two thirds of the Full Gold podcast does not want any smoke with Patrick Williams. And I don't want smoke with Patrick Williams, right? I'm not yeah. a fighter. You see how that voice gets? You see how high that voice gets? I know that about myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not nah, going to be scared. I'm not going to be scared. I'm not scared of a nah, lot of people. Nah, be nah yeah. You, yeah, you got to let it ride. And I know well that they beat me up. Yeah, yeah. Man, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand the whole fighting during a basketball situation. Like, if you got issues with a dude, there's ample time after a game to settle that, right? Like, in the middle of a game, things get heated. I I can dig it. And you're mad. Like, they were mad at halftime of the Minnesota Timberwolves game, and they, they went out there and, and gave up 79 more points. <laughs> like, 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 oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah 79? Yeah. They yeah. Gave up, so they scored yeah. 71 at halftime. They got pissed at each other. You know, probably moved some furniture, probably did the whole hold me back thing, and went out there and gave 79 up. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, like, it was bubbling up when people were telling me, or they're like, oh, they like each other. Oh, they cool each other. I do not believe that. And it's because what what we just mentioned about what we see. You can't trick me when I watch you play basketball. Well, this like, is the thing. This is bubbling up for a long time. NBA players, Tony, have the uncanny ability at smiling and talking nice about people they fucking despise. Like, I have seen NBA players respond to questions from guys and girls in the media that they hate 
and they do it with a smile. They do it with a, you know, a wink or hey, anytime, whatever. And as soon as those cameras go off, the MFers and the, <laughs> you know, the, the, the bitches and all the mm-hmm. type of things that get thrown around. You're like, oh, okay, you really don't like that guy. So I can only imagine what happens behind closed doors with somebody that you got to work. We all got that person we don't really rock with at work. Mm-hmm. We all got, and we got to work with them when we got to look them in the face and, you know, answer they how your weekend was going questions because it's like, ah, uh-huh, stop asking me. I don't like you, but it's you still got to get the job done, right? So NBA players, they, they got quite the knack of messing around and making you believe they like somebody when they don't. And especially star players. Star players do it the best because one, they, they're not about to they're not about to be made fun of or be made to look bad by the other guy. So everybody's got to keep it on this phony surface level, right? Everybody's got to move around and, you know, oh yeah, you know, everybody's upset. Everybody's embarrassed. I'm not saying, that, by the way, not saying this about DeMar or Zach, but just people I've covered before. Hell, in this organization, I covered two players who I knew for a fact one player was snaking the other player and doing him dirty like behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. And this player was a player of standing. And I'm like, how is this happening? And there's no retaliation. And the player just understood this is a part of the game. They're going to do what they got to do. I'm going to be out of here soon. They will have this team very soon, and we'll see if their lot in life is different. And it was no different, right? That And then that player... um, What's the what's the old adage? You you uh, you 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 lose them how you got them in relationships. Well, that player went on to get snaked by another player, and then <laughs> you know got himself moved out of here as well. So it's part of the unfortunate um, phoniness of this industry and of this business, and you see it you see it uh, bubble over every once in a while. Right. Where it happens in front of people. And even Zach said tonight that he was happy that people heard it and he was happy that people um, knew what was going on in the locker room because they were all embarrassed and it needed to be said. So going forward, who knows? Who knows what this this makes for the Chicago Bulls? Who knows uh, how this how this creates a better or worse environment going forward? Because in the end. If Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic ain't hitting shots, ain't shit gonna change. Uh-huh. They can play. A, they can play defense on a, you know on a one off night or a couple of nights in a row. Do I think this team's defensive identity is going to change much throughout this season? I think there'll be upticks, but you are who you are. Thirty games into a season, and if you're if you're willing to be somebody else, I'd love to see it. And uh-huh. I keep saying it on this podcast. I'd love to see. Guys say, you know what? Me, that three or four or five points that I really, really care about on my scoring average, I'm going to put that into the defensive end. I'm going to mess around and start locking folks down. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they look at my game and see, man, he's scoring 21 or 20 a game. But boy, is he locking people up. It's a different person. Mm-hmm. Like, I, when I see that shift, when I see that change, I believe it. But until then, you know, this team will be up and down. They'll, they'll play sporadically good ba- basketball. They'll, they'll understand how to play inside out from time to time. Their rotations still are getting decided. And now injuries are coming. So, you know, Billy Donovan's got quite the task on his hand, but I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. This team is not going to rebuild anytime soon. I don't think the ownership group, I think the mandate and the edict that has been put out there by the ownership group is make it work. So as much 
uh, locker room fighting or shower fighting or in-game fighting as y'all have to do because the in-game finger pointing is happening now too. Guys, are, guys have no problem telling high-paid players you were in the wrong place. And this started a week and a half, two weeks ago. This has all been brewing. This mm-hmm. has all been brewing. So we either it's either come to a head after the Minnesota game or this is just, uh, you know, another jagged part of the nonlinear line of the Chicago Bulls 2022-2023 season. But all in all, we'll be covering it all right here on the Full Go Podcast. It's the Full Go That's all the time we have for episode 188 of the Full Go Podcast. Dun-dun-dun, the shower fight episode. <laughs> now y'all got me thinking of half baked nasty Nate. <laughs> Such a great movie. I watched oh, it like a month, two months ago. So laugh yeah, my ass off. Yeah, yeah. No fruit cup for you. All right. So we, we killer thank- man, killer, <laughs> killer, you kill killer, yo. <laughs> See, we can just me and Jesse are gonna oh, do go. our half baked impersonations off the mic. Uh, Want to thank <laughs> our production staff, uh, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti the always active Jesse Lopez, and my main man, Tony Gill. We thank you so much for downloading this thing, subscribing to this thing, sharing it, rating and reviewing it. Um, you know, Tell your friends and family about it. it it'll, it'll be a, the holiday gift that keeps on giving, the Full Go Podcast. So thank you so much. As always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other and be safe. We will talk to you on Thursday. Ah, Snowmageddon is coming for Chicagoland. So we'll put together a jam-packed podcast for you so you can kind of dig your way out of your garage or thaw out of whatever garden apartment you're in because the snow is coming for you. So we'll talk to you on Thursday right here on the Full Go Podcast. Y'all be well. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.